0: Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. It's good to see all of us in church this morning. We're looking forward to that launch um, of the the Banzi launch. There used to be a guy called Banzi on one of the soapies that I liked. You remember that one? Sitembis. What does it mean, Banzi? okay, (laughs) I will, (laughs) to come and find out, (laughs) amen, praise God, but that was nice, and thank you very much guys as well for that time of worship, thank you our worship team, Um, one day when I am invited to preach somewhere, I must take you, eh, with me, yes, yeah, that plane ride would be a very nice one. We can sing all the way above the ocean. Praise God. So, this morning we are starting a new series called uh, Family Drama. And um, that's why you can see Mama Zala is loading. <laughs> Amen. Because Mama Zala is part of the family. Amen. So, it's really good that um, we can just have three weeks where we're just going to zero in on just talking about uh, family. So this morning, I will start with the first installment. I'm just going to do most of the introduction of the things that we are going to speak about the next two weeks. So my subtitle this morning is Don't Do This at Home. Amen? Don't do this at home but that's it's the opposite of what we want to talk about actually that you must do these things at home now i will attempt this morning to answer three questions but it's definitely going to be very difficult to answer the first one and uh, the questions i want to attempt to answer this morning is what is family Uh, that is going to be a little bit difficult to answer but uh, i will try by all means to make sure that I I do justice to it and then we are also going to look at what is the purpose of the family and then we are going to finish by answering how does the family achieve its purpose you know what are the processes within the family that are required to um, achieve its purpose now what is family (coughs) excuse me i went to google to try and find out you know uh, what is google saying about family and this is what google says it says that um, family is a group of one or more parents and their children living together as a unit so it's a group of one or more parents and their children living together as a unit. And it also says, the same Google uh, dictionary says, all the descendants of a common ancestor. So two people, husband and wife, they start a family and they have children, children have children, and the children, they have children, 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 and then the whole of that lineage is called also a family. Now, the question that I want to ask you this morning is, is a married couple a family before they have children? Are they a family? Amen okay, so you must, you must write to Google then and uh, contest that because it seems to me that they are only saying it's when you have children that uh, you become a family um, but um I'm not going to be arguing about those. The, the most important thing that I want us to look at this morning is that um, uh, the basis upon which a family is, th- the foundation of a family is that married couple, you know, that, that comes together to start that family, and then you sometimes are going to have children. And then the children are going to have children, and then all the other people as well that may be part of that unit you know, the mamazalas, you know, the uncles and the fathers all of them put together. We come up to make a family. That is why, you know, uh, I don't know whether I told you this, but I remember very well that when we were growing up, when I grew up in our house, I, um, I had um, one of the one of my brothers that uh, uh we lived with and um i came to discover very late in my life that he was actually my my uh, you can call it cousin in english but uh, in in my culture we don't call somebody who is born to your uncle uh, who is the brother to your father cousin they are still your brother so he was my brother, but he passed on now. So um, when he grew up, then he left our house and he went to live uh, on his own and everything. Then I discovered I was told, no, actually he is not my mother and my father's son. He was uh, he, My father and my mother, they took him and we, he we, we lived with him, and we called him brother, and he called me brother, and uh, it was like that. So, all that is uh, part of the family. You know, that's how um, we can say. Now, in, in Psalm 68, verse 6, the Bible says that God sets the lonely in families. So, you can see that God is very, very pro-family. You know... Um, um i i had one day i was um at a at a, a a service like this and um i remember hearing somebody talk about a research that was done about very successful um societies you know uh places that have really become very developed and uh, places where people have really just uh, become very affluent and uh, that research shows that most of those societies are very pro-family now i i can attest to that because what i've also discovered is that every group of people that want to destabilize another group of people, especially to oppress and to control a group of people, what they usually do is that they weaken the family structure. So when you look at the apartheid system, for example, what they did is that they separated the man and the woman and the family, the woman remained in the village with her children, and then the husband was sitting was sitting somewhere on his own and the children were growing up with this system that didn't uh, have um uh the male figure in the house um it happens a lot in all the societies where you are going to see a lot of crime and a lot of disturbances why because of people not growing up with what we are going to be talking about today actually they asked Mr. Obama, the president of the United States that time, they asked him, they said, What what would you have loved if you grew as you were growing up? What would be that thing that you would have really loved to happen to you as you were growing up? What do you think Mr. Obama said? What do you think Mr. Obama said? And he was a president of the United States. He said, I wish I grew up with a father in the house, you know? So um, before I even start to talk about the two uh, reasons why you know family, because when you look at family, there are these two very crucial and critical reasons why God sets up families. You know, the first one is to transfer knowledge and values into the next generation. And then the second one is to train the members of that family, the children of that family, to become responsible and contributing citizens. Now these two reasons, you know, can happen, you know, when a family is properly, structured you know when a family is properly uh, structured so for anything to work anything to work it must be first functional you know you have to put pieces together and then it becomes functional it doesn't matter how powerful or the presence of the particles or the parts of something being together if those things are not orderly. So if all the components of a M5 BMW are here, in front here, until they are arranged in a certain way, we don't call that an engine. And they can't perform the function of an engine. And that is why it doesn't mean that just because two people are married and they have children, it means that that family is functioning according to the way God made it to function. Actually, a family can be so dysfunctional with husband and wife present. And and some people have managed under very very difficult situation to function properly, even when they were not there. I see what I mean. So why 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 is God so pro family? You see, God is pro family because of those two reasons. He is trying to stop what happens to societies that have no values, and that have no uh, knowledge transferred correctly into the next generation, where people discover things by themselves on the street, and most of the times, they end up discovering wrong things. You know, when you look at uh, a lot of people that end up in life doing very well, most of the times, you will discover that they had a very, very strong uh, either grandmother or mother or father who really guided them into, into life. And most of the people that don't end up doing very well in life are people that didn't have that privilege. And they just ended up, you know, trying to experiment with things. And then things didn't work out, you know, uh, for them. Now, when you look at, um, uh, like I have already said, you know, every system that would want to destroy people, what they usually do is that they would want to bring disorder in a family unit. You know, um... Um, our society today, I can, I can tell you that uh, most of what is happening in our society today is headed in that direction, where things that are wrong sometimes are even made into law to prevent you from saying anything, even when you yourself, you know that this law is actually against the morals that God has put into our uh, system. Now, my problem with that is this. Anything that is meant to function in a particular way, the functioning of that thing is dependent on the design of that thing. You can't have something functioning in this way, if it wasn't designed to function that way, so if you want something to move, what do you do? You put wheels on it, if you want something to slide, you put sleighs on it. I see what I mean because the design of the thing precedes its functionality now here you are you and myself we think we are very clever god created us in a particular way so that we can function like that and because we think we are okay without the we can do this even when we don't follow our design and you know what is going on that is why we are having a lot of pain today Me as a pastor, I cancel a lot of people. And I cannot lie to you, most of the times, the people that are having the most difficulties are people that have, that have flaunted the order of things within the system. People, people think, I'll talk in terms of a marriage for example, people think that You can live in a marriage relationship the way that society is teaching us, not the way that God designed us, but still get the same results. You are lying. It's like saying you are going to plow with a BMW. You need a tractor. You can't plow with a BMW. So that is why, you know, when God is talking about family, he's got, he's got a design of what a family should look like. He's got a design. If this family is going to be functional, if this family is going to achieve the reasons for what it is uh, meant to achieve, this is how it is going to be. Now, here is something you have to understand. Many of us are expecting a society that is, stable, that is prosperous, a society that is functional, but we don't care what is happening in the first building block of our societies. How can you have a society that is functional, that has people in it that are dysfunctional? It's like saying to somebody, build a house that is looking great, but you don't care about how the brick is going to be. Because the quality of the brick is going to influence the quality of the house. And that is why God is going right into the first block if you want a society that is okay, you need to go to the very first building block of our society and what is it called? Family. And if that family is, is, is not, you know, uh, uh, well, our societies are not going to be well, you know? So let's just uh, look at a few things this morning that I want us to discuss. The first is that, you know, knowledge and values, you know the knowledge that you have in your head and, and, and the values that influence your decision-making will inform the type of person that someone is going to be. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot expect a strong morally correct and things happening within a society when people's values have been tempered with you you, you, you know uh, let let me let me let me just uh, maybe take it a little bit further most of us we usually complain about uh um, uh, politicians and our world and stuff like that, and the world and stuff like that. Where do you think we get politicians from? Where do we get politicians from? Huh? They grow up with us. Some of you can, can become politicians. It's not like they come from Mars. So you, you, you can't expect anything different from them if the society within they are growing is growing them into the people that they are. And so it's 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 so crucial that you have to know that the knowledge and the values, you know the values. How can someone who has grown up thinking a particular way about women and a particular way about men leave and go to become a politician and sit in parliament, and you are expecting that person to make the right laws? <laughs> How does it work? So if one has wrong information, and they don't have strong values chances are they are not going to be a very good contributor to society it's just as simple as that at whatever level you place them they are not going to be a good contributor to society there is no way you can grow up in a house that does not encourage working hard And the moment you get a job, then you start working hard. How is that possible? If you grow up in a family where laziness was encouraged, when you are an adult, when you go to work, you know what you will do? You will be that type of person that everybody complains about. Because the reason why God wants a family is to transfer knowledge from one one generation to another so that these people can transfer knowledge when they are gone, then that knowledge still remains with the people that are still there. So you see that if a person doesn't have values, if a person doesn't have good information, what will happen is that they are going to be a problem to society. You know, uh, some of you that travel to certain countries, you know, uh, when you're getting a visa, when you go to an embassy of a country to go and get a visa, what, what do they usually ask you for? Hmm? Your bank account. They usually ask you, how much money is in your bank account? Why do you think they do that? Because they don't want you when you go to their country to go and become a problem. They want somebody who is a contributor, and that is why there are certain countries. Even even today, if you have five hundred thousand US dollars in your in your in your account, you can actually just straight just like that no no manga manga business just show them 500 grand in your and you're going to get a green card you know a place called Monaco in Monaco you can't live there if you don't have 1 million euros cash not in assets but cash the reason why they want to do that is because of this. It's the values that they have espoused. They don't want somebody to come there and start stealing and breaking things and stuff like that. No, 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 no. Because they want society to be, to be you know, stable and things to be. And all that is transferred from one generation to another, you know. So that is why God loves families. And that is why the Bible says that, you know, uh, God, when he sees people bound together in unity, what does the Bible say he does? What does he do? The Bible says God puts a blessing when he sees unity because he knows that something good is happening there. And you know, where, where we have gone wrong, I think most of us as Christians, is that Many of us think that our contribution to this world is to get people saved to go to heaven. So that even when you know what is supposed to be the right thing to do to society, you think that it's not important for now. So that is why you'd find that uh, many of us, even when we are in positions that are very powerful, those positions are just powerful for a salary for us, but not for us to use them to drive an agenda of righteousness. But then you are leaving all these guys to drive an agenda of unrighteousness. You know, and, 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 and that agenda of right and righteousness is so clear that everybody can see that, but you can't allow that. But you know what, it has become law, and so when you try to do it, they will arrest you. And you, as a, as a, as a person who knows that uh, uh, God has placed you here, you are not just here to wait to go to heaven. You need to contribute for the good of this world and you know what the what what somebody said sometime back he said that all it takes for evil to spread and for evil to take root is for good people to do nothing so you you're just a a a very nice good person and you don't do anything. Why? Because you want to remain good and you don't want to challenge some of the things that you really know that if our society is heading there, that we are going to end up this way. Now, transference of knowledge, Judges chapter 2, verse 10 to 11. Listen to this scripture what it says, it says, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers. What does that mean? When all that generation had died, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. So it means that the generation that was there did not take the responsibility of transferring the right knowledge and the right values into the other generation and when they died. The Bible says in verse 11, then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of God and they saved the bars, the the images, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them, and they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. That is what we are going to see in our society when we don't transfer the right knowledge to the next generation. The generation that is going to arise is a generation that does not know God, that is challenging the very same things upon which the foundation of the world was based. And before you realize it, we have chaotic situations, you know. Happening. Let's go to Psalm chapter 78, verse five to six. It says, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers. What did he command our fathers to do? What did he command our fathers to do? That they should make them known to their children. That the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. Now, I said, the first reason why God loves families, is because he wants families to transfer knowledge into the next generation. Now, if you don't do that, what you are setting the next generation up for is Failure. Because for example if you don't transfer values for hard work there's not going to be hard work in the next generation. If you don't transfer values for respect there's not going to be respect in the next generation. If you don't transfer the fear of God into the next generation there's not going to be the fear of God in the next generation And you know what? It is so important that we understand that it is upon you and myself as children of God that we have to take that responsibility very, very seriously. Because if we don't, we're leaving the world in the hands of wrong people. Did you hear what I said? We are leaving the world in the hands of people that have an agenda that is going to mess up the world. If you are a good person, what you need to do is that just like people can spread evil, you must also spread good. And take it upon yourself that it is a responsibility for you to spread good. Just as other people have the responsibility to spread bad. So that the Bible says, he gave these laws so that they can take that law into the next generation. You you know what what I see uh, a lot, you know what I see in most of our families, um, especially black families, when they become a little bit affluent, Most of us as black families, when we become a little bit affluent, we think that raising lazy kids means that we are rich. So I see a lot of affluent black people. You have these kids in the big house that can eat, and leave the plates running around, no picking up. And the father and the mother think that is being wealthy. That's foolishness. Because we are raising children that can't clean up after themselves. That is why when they become corrupt as politicians, they refuse to clean up after themselves. The same children. You go to a house, there is a 57-year-old mama and a 12-year-old girl telling 57-year-old mama, Mary, come and pick this. You you can't do that even if you have money. You need to transfer respect into the next generation. This little 12-year-old must always call this woman Auntie Mary. You, you can't just say, because no, now I have money. You know you are busy working. You are busy doing something that needs to be done and you, your child is on play, play, PlayStation 16. Because you are rich. I will tell you what will happen. This I can tell you what will happen. What will happen is this. When you die, three days later, your son will die and crash that BMW. Because he doesn't know the value of work. It doesn't mean you are not transferring what brought you where you are to your child. What you need to do is that you need to transfer the same values that made you the type of person that you are. So, I was saying in the area service that sometimes, even when you have money, you can't buy your children every time they say this. So, so, from that place up to that place, every new sneaker that comes, you have to buy it, and every new phone, You have to buy it, and and to you, that is being wealthy. No, it's not. I can tell you, even some of the billionaires and millionaires don't live like that. You are not transferring the right values into the next generation so that the next generation can also know that this takes hard work to do. The only hard work they do, is to carry that bag into the car when going to school. You know, so the Bible says that you and myself, we need to transfer values into the next generation. Teach the children, this is how it is done. You know, this is what you need to do. The second thing it says, you have to train up a child. In the way that he should go, because when they grow up, then they are not going to depart from that. in the book of Proverbs chapter 22 verse six. Now let's look at uh, Mark, Mark chapter Mark chapter uh, six, verse one to six, it says, "Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. and when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, "Where did this man?" Get these things. And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? And listen to this. Verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph? Where did Jesus learn to be a carpenter? The skill came from Joseph and it went to Jesus. And that is what God wants families to do. That you need to teach children to be contributors to society, not just people that get people that contribute, people that make our society a better place, people that, that after they have left, we will be able to know that they passed here. Why? Because they have left a legacy. I think Sibo said it in the earlier service, that the Bible says that a wise man does what? He leaves an inheritance for his children. Children. What it means is that they leave a legacy for a very it, it, it affects people from this generation to the next generation and to that other generation so it is it is crucial for us to understand that that is why you have noticed myself i am very very pro uh family as well i am not i cannot lie to you i am not one of those people that doesn't respect family I respect family with all my heart. And that is why I will drive to Zanin when one of, our fr- one of our guys is getting married. I will go to Malamulele to go and get somebody married. I am actually going to be flying out to Umtata on the 19th of December to get one of our guys married here. You know why? I know when people have these stable families, When people have these stable lives, our society is better, not people running around doing stuff. And then you are complaining, but you are not doing anything about it. You are complaining about people doing all kinds of things, but your values about family are not there. If you don't like family, if your house gets broken into, don't complain. If you don't like family, when somebody mugs you, don't complain. Because you know where it starts? It starts on the street where we are living our people. We we need to bring everybody into a family environment and teach the people values for the next generation why do you why do you think why do you think uh, societies for example have 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 you seen indian societies have you seen indian places have you gone to an indian family how many people live in one house how many many isn't it and and do you know wh- why they do that It's exactly the same principle. They, they are transferring something into the next generation. You guys must read a book written by a, a Nigerian guy called um, The Capitalist Nigger. You must read that book called The Capitalist Nigger. He, this guy talks about how the people from Pakistani took over the taxi industry in the city of New York. Exactly the same principle of family. Because when, when, when you strengthen families, you, you, do you know why we are very weak people as black people? Because we don't transfer knowledge into the next generation. We, we leave knowledge in, Dr. Mensah Otterbill calls it the eunuch spirit. You know what a eunuch spirit means? A person who is so powerful, but only lives in one generation. Because he doesn't have the ability to procreate. And that is what we do us as black people we keep everything that we have in one generation and when somebody else has to come and start they have to come and start again that is not a good thing the best thing is that we need to get as many people in your family as possible make a family and start to start to take this like we are doing now this is family business here at at 20 central we are all one big family and we are transferring these values into the next generation, into each other. I cannot lie to you, people that come to this church behave differently at work. I, 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 can, I can vouch for them, I can go to, I can go to ShopRite today. A girl sitting on the teal from Twine Central is different from that one who goes to that other church. <laughs> mm. The reason is very simple because here we teach what values. Here we teach values. Here we teach knowledge that is going to help you. To live and be a contributor to society. Are you seeing what I mean? Uh, do we have an Asha Maybe you can you can help someone. Uh, yeah, just just somebody to to help somebody. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so so it's, it's, it's really, really important. Now, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. Um, how do we do these things? How do we transfer knowledge into the next generation? And how do we teach and train people to become contributors to society? Because those are the two things that God wants uh, for the people to, uh, uh, to do. The first one is verbal knowledge, okay, uh, uh, verbal uh, information. What I am doing today here, uh, what am I doing? I am transferring this knowledge into you verbally. But I cannot lie to you. This is the simplest and the most ineffective. Because it's one thing to say something, and it's one thing to live it. No. Amen. Are you seeing what I mean? So there's a lot of people that can actually teach many, many things. But it doesn't mean. And the other thing also, it is the easiest thing to forget. The knowledge that you get just by listening is the easiest to forget as well. But do we stop? We don't stop. We continue to say it and say it and say it and say it. So the things that you had your mother, the things that you had your father, the things that you had your uncle, the things that you heard your grandmother say over and over and over again, those are the values that you start to espouse as a person. Those are the, that is the information that starts to influence your thinking but there is another way that we can do it it's called modeling it's called modeling so uh, uh one of my friends uh he has come here to preach uh, some of you know him um uh, uh, he's got a church in uh, in centurion he came here to preach uh, uh in december of 20 is it 2018 I can't remember, but he has preached here before. So one day, I went to his, to his uh, uh, office and we sat there talking, you know, as pastors. And he told me, he says, you know what, Ken? You, can you have no choice but to succeed. So I said to him, I said, why don't I have any choice but to succeed he says because we don't have a lot of models a lot of our people can't point that was done by one of us oh. i seeing what i mean we don't we, you can't go to a bank and say that was started by masobo you can't go to a big conglomerate and say, that thing was started, started by uh, Mr. Mokopane. Are you seeing what I mean? So that's why we need modeling. Now, how does modeling happen? Modeling happens when you give an example. Actually, Dr. has a, a system called uh, uh, that, that, that we use modeling as one of the things that we do so if we want to talk about school we start a school and show people that this is how a school can run and we have three great great schools so you you the meme uh uh strategy so you you model and you help people to see that this is how it is done children children learn a lot through modeling that is why they say you can teach something to people but you can only reproduce who you are teaching is easy you can get and prepare yourself something but to model something that this is how it should be done is not easy but that's what we need what we need is you as a father you as a mother you as an uncle you as an a grandmother what you need to do is that you need to live a certain way so that the people that are watching you are able to say i think that is the way but we don't have a lot of people like that because some of some of the people they talk but then we don't have the last thing is experiences and let me give you an example of modeling before I got there, before I forget. Me and my son, a couple of years ago, I think four or five years ago, went to that mall there at the Grove. And um, after we did what we were doing, I, I went to pay for my uh, uh, ticket, to, for the parking ticket. So I put my five rand into the slot and the moment that that five rand went like conchon, <laughs> you know what happened? That bottom of the, the, the machine for, for the uh, ticket just opened. All the money that was in that box went down. It was like lotto. Like, like a, and all the, they just went went down and me and my son we just took everything yeah we just took everything but I had the choice to make I had the choice to make because standing next to us somewhere a little bit further away was a God he could have thought it's my change Maybe I've put a hundred or a two hundred or whatever, but me, I knew, and my son knew that Dad just put five five day. and so I knew it's time to model something. I took all the money and I went to the god and I gave the god, and my son was looking. He was seeing. I could have taken all that money and I could have gone. Nobody would have known anything. So we also transfer things into the next generation by modeling. If you are the first person to leave work but the last person to arrive at work And then you expect that your son or your daughter will be hard working. You are lying to yourself. You you can tell them all you want to work hard. They will only work as hard as you do. The last thing is this. You have to expose your family members, your children, or whoever is part of that family that you are leading to experiences you put them into real life experiences so they are not just seeing you doing it but sometimes you just take them through something so I, I uh, one day I was uh, buying grocery with one with my daughter and we went to a shop it was on a holiday like a public holiday so we went to this small uh supermarket in our neighborhood it's run by i think a greek or a portuguese person you know and uh when we walked in there we took what we wanted and when we went to the till there was a girl about the age of my daughter the mother standing next to her punching money from customers as they buy but do you know where us as rich black people send our children on on holiday when there's a holiday they don't go to work they have have other rich friends playing things while you're working that little girl was working they they, they exposed Next, next time your son will work for her Because that that, that supermarket is, is going to become supermarkets and supermarkets and supermarkets. That guy you were thinking was playing PlayStation 4 because you are rich is going to go there to go and look for a job as a manager. And toy toy to get a bigger salary. We, 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 need to, we need to expose the next generation. We put them, even, 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 even when we have the means, we need to know that we need to inculcate into the next generation hard work. You know, I listened to uh, an interview of uh, Bill Hybels. He's a pastor in the United States. He was interviewing three guys in his church that are multi-multi-multi-millionaires. Like they make so much money. And he just interviewed them. And he was asking them a lot of questions. But one of the questions that really uh, stuck with me is that one of them said to Bill Hybels, he says, I can buy my children anything that they can ask me to buy. Anything i can buy them but you know what it's not always that i do that there are times that just for the sake of teaching them something i don't or sometimes i have to make them work for it a couple of years ago here in south africa one of the girls committed suicide she she slit her wrist. Is it slit her wrist your wrist? You know those. Uh... So she cut herself and bled to death, right? Eh? And um, you know what the reason was: the mother refused to buy her sneakers. If we are not sending the right information into the next generation we're not sending the right values into the next generation we are going to have people like that that think that not having sneakers is problems you have problems and you have 16 18 sneakers but just one that uh, your friend doesn't have then you have problems you know, uh, no it's not. So let us stand as I'm going to be praying this morning. You, you, you know the world is a very, very funny space uh, today because I remember when I grew up myself, I woke up very early in the morning and I went out into the fields with my parents to go and Work, And the world today is going to tell you that when you do that to a 12-year-old, it's child labor. And we believe them. <laughs> I don't know what the agenda is. So if your son refused to wash plates after they, they themselves, they eat. Not that somebody else ate in that plate. But that same child ate in that plate, and you telling that child to go and wash that is child labor. How does that work? So, I want to read you a story here. This is a true story. It's not something I am making up, but it is a true story. It says, Living a godly legacy for your children should be the goal of all christian parenting although the faith and godliness of your children is ultimately the work of the holy spirit god often uses the influence of parents to make a great impact on their children a great example of this is jonathan edwards the puritan preacher from the 1700s Jonathan and his wife Sarah left a great godly legacy for his 11 children they never played those days they had a lot of children at, at the 10 of the 20th century American educator and pastor A. E. Winship decided to trace out the descendants of Jonathan Edwards almost 150 years after his death. Ladies and gentlemen, 150 years is a long time. His findings are are outstanding, astounding, especially when compared to a man known as Max Jukes. Jukes' legacy came to the forefront when the family trees of 42 different criminals in the new, sorry, different men in the New York prison system traced back to him. Jonathan Edwards got the legacy, includes in that 150 years, here is the legacy of a godly person who transferred godly values to one next generation. Here is his legacy in the 150 years. 1 US Vice President. 3 US Senators. 3 US state governors. 3 city mayors 13 college presidents 30 judges 65 professors 80 public office holders 100 lawyers and 100 missionaries. You can't tell me that this is by accident. Now listen to Max Jukes. The legacy of Max Jukes. Seven convicted murderers. Sixty Convicted thieves. 50 prostitutes. Now, these are not lo- those, those types of prostitutes that do it s- silently. If they found them, it means that it's those ones that uh, it's a business. 50 of them. 130 other convictions of different types of crimes and 310 hobos. 400 people that were physically raped by indulgent living, which means that they had 400 people whose lives were so useless that they couldn't do anything. But you know what? Look at this. is evidence that if we don't transfer the right values into the next generation within that family circle, we are producing a society that is just as broken as the families. Now they did a calculation obviously they have these uh, uh clever actuaries that do mathematics and this is what they found out max jukes's descendants cost the american government one million two hundred and fifty thousand us dollars to look after them Coincidence? Not coincidence. That's how it works. So you and myself, we have such a huge responsibility as people that can transfer the right values into the next generation so that the next generation can transfer into the next generation and create a great society, a society that is going to be, uh, we can be uh, proud of, yes. Yes. Amen. So if I can just pray this morning for all of us. Father God, we thank you for every family that is here today. Every type of family that is here today. We want to pray in Jesus' name that Lord, you are going to help us to understand and to be bold and to be courageous, to be able to uh, transfer knowledge and transfer values into the next generation and we'll be able dear lord to uh, teach and to train uh, through modeling and through experience the people that you have entrusted us with we want to pray today in jesus name that let every man and every woman that is here with us today that will take this dear lord and they will take it upon themselves that is their responsibility to transfer the right knowledge, the right values into the people that you have entrusted to them as part of their family. So we thank you and we bless you and we honor you today as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord, yes, may the Lord richly, richly bless you. Next week, we are going to have uh, uh, The father of Dr. Dale and the mother of Dr. Dale, they are coming to be with us. Alan and Liana, they'll be with us uh, next week.